You're listening to Canada's Court, your home for all your Canadian basketball needs. Here's your host, Philip Drost. Well, what a shot. Four bounces two, for two points for the Game 7 victory. Kawhi Leonard pulled off, I'll just say it, possibly the greatest shot in NBA playoff history and definitely the greatest shot in Raptors history. And now, after all that excitement, it's time for the Raptors to play the Milwaukee Bucks in the Conference Finals. Sean Woodley is with me on the line now. You probably know his work from the uh, excellent job he does hosting Locked On Raptors. He's here to talk with me about the upcoming series. Sean, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Phil. First of all, take me through uh, that last second shot from your perspective. Where were you and uh, what was going on? Yeah, so I was covering the game. Uh, I was in the media gondola, and typically I sit in the media gondola sort of like centrally, usually sort of like the, you know, maybe a little bit to the left of center court. So typically I would have had like a more of a front row seat to that shot, but for the game on Sunday, I was covering the game, but it was like there was a million people at the game, like covering the game. It was like it was the biggest media madhouse I've ever seen, even more than like LeBron Cavs series, really. And so they had us, like the blogger types, I guess, kind of shoved all the way down to the far end of the gondola. And so I was on the far opposite side of the court when it went down. And I could still see everything. It wasn't like I, it's not like I missed it or anything like that. But what was nice about it was that I was able to kind of, like, I don't know, reveal my fandom a little bit while <laughs> sitting on press row as it was all happening. And, like, I feel like... It was an inhuman ask to ask someone who cares about the team to not have any sort of visceral reaction to what, what happened in that game. So I was like standing at, I was sitting at the end and I was with a couple other blogger types and we're sitting down there. And as the shot bounces around and goes in, I just stood up like uncontrollably, put my, like my hands on top of my head and just like stared with my jaw dropped for like 30 seconds around the arena <laughs> as it just was absolute pandemonium. And so that was my perspective on it. It was crazy. I went downstairs, and I think my favorite thing of the entire experience was we were sort of like it, it, there's so many people who work in the building, right? You know, there's there's ushers, there's security, there's just like tech people who were kind of always around. You see them all the time. You don't really know their names, and you never really talk to them, but you kind of know the face. And my favorite thing of Sunday night was walking through the arena, seeing all those familiar faces, and just like the. Like the locking of eyes and then like the uncontrollable smirks or like cackles that would come out from people as they were just still trying to like it was just like a state of shock everyone was in everyone felt like they were just like on this like euphoric high and it just was a really great shared experience where people you've never really talked to before you shared a moment with because it was just so absurd and so unlikely that that all happened and everyone I think was just like broken down to the point of just like laughing and not being able to really put it into words that it was a really really cool experience. Uh, what what's been your favorite version of the shot? I know there's been lots of uh, videos on uh, social media. My favorite is uh, my heart will go on version. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite so far? Yeah, the, my favorite so far I think was uh, done by uh, a Twitter friend of mine, uh, Josh Goldsmith. I think he works for Sportsnet uh, at Gold and or Smith on Twitter. If you want to go check it out, he did one uh, with the Round Ball Rock NBC NBC theme from like the late '90s, early 2000s, and like it all kicks in as the ball goes through. That one gets me pretty hard. Uh, the Avengers. I've never even seen the Avengers. I don't <laughs> care about the Marvel movies, but the Avengers theme one gets me pretty hard as well. 
And honestly, just like any form it comes in, I'm watching it. There's like a Kanye West, like Father Stretch My Hands one that's really good. <laughs> I've watched the, the replay at least a thousand times since it happened. I can't stop watching it. Anytime it comes up on my feed still, I keep watching it. Um, so I'm sure there will be other new ones. If I was better at like the internet, I would be doing one with like In the Air Tonight and when the drum solo kicks in on, uh, on the Phil Collins song <laughs> there uh, and a couple, other th- a couple other ones that have kind of come to mind, but I'm just not like technically savvy enough to do. Um, so if someone's listening to this, please, uh, <laughs> at Woodley Sean, send it to me if you've seen it or if you've done it yourself because I will watch it nonstop. I, I cannot get enough of watching the shot. Oh, every single time, like you, every single time it comes <laughs> up on my social media, it's just automatic stop what i'm doing i gotta watch it and then usually i do like giggle to myself as i'm doing it so it was a little odd at work when i was doing that but everyone knows uh that i was uh, pretty (laughs) pumped up about the game so they they forgive me for it yeah Uh, people are gonna get like a little too like precious about like showing your fandom in that kind of moment i mean we all get into this business because we like sports because we care about sports and if you are so rigid in your objectivity that you can't even show a reaction to that like maybe you should be covering something (laughs) else because like that deserves reaction that warrants like a just like an outburst of of emotion like it's just what else are you going to do that for if not that shot and i mean even even the besides it being the raptors who did it anyone who does that shot that's going to be an all-time moment and to be in the building and be watching for that that's got to be pretty exciting yeah, I mean, it's it's the coolest thing I've ever covered for sure. Um, I, you know, I have you know everyone has their own stories of where they watch things like Joe, Jose Bautista's bat flip and stuff like that. But this is the one I was there for, and it is uh, it's still remarkable to me that it happened. I, I can't like I still can't really process every time I watch the replay. I'm expecting it on the second or third bounce to bounce out. And, <laughs> like I know how it ends, but it's just it's it's like a whole new ride every single time it happens. What was it like uh, in all the uh, the interviews afterwards, talking to the players and coaches? Uh, so I mostly just uh, sat and watched the podiums um, and sort of just like worked from that to begin with. Uh, everyone, I think, was still kind of in a state of shock. I mean, of course, Kawhi was pretty chill about it all because, <laughs> of course, he is, and he's like, yeah, no, he didn't really have much in the way of like expression about it. And I think we saw that yesterday when it happened, when he was at, you know, the Raptors press conference and for Raptor practice, he was just like, yeah, no, I haven't even thought about it since it happened. And it's like, oh, yeah, of course you haven't, dude. Like, of course you haven't. Um, but everyone else was just kind of elated. I think, you know, Nick Nurse was kind of in, in shock. It seemed like Brett Brown was kind of in shock, but honestly, of anyone who kind of impressed me with how they talked after the game, it was Brett Brown. I mean, he was, he had every reason to be despondent and every reason to be downtrodden after that. But he was talking really with like a lot of perspective and saying how, Hey, like for our guys, this is going to be part of their story. This is going to be part of their careers. And this is going to be a learning moment where they look back and say, Hey, that was part of my journey. And I thought that was a really great way to say it because my whole thing with the NBA is it really is about like long-term storytelling. It's like it's arcs that happen over the course of decades and you know, you can never really sum anything up to one year and, you know, think about the Raptors. You could take any one of their past few seasons and sum it up as a failure, or you could put put it into the context of this entire arc and it's all just leading towards that shot. And it becomes way more sort of, you know, easy to stomach and easy to sort of romanticize because it's uh, it's it is really just like a long, slow build. It's been six years building this 18 years, if you want to put it that way, to tie it all the way back to the Vince shot. It's just a, it's a remarkable, remarkable thing that you don't get very often in sports. Was I uh, safe to say this was the greatest shot in Raptors history? Is that fair to say? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I don't even know what the other like contenders would be. 
because most of their big wins in the playoffs have kind of been um, – sorry, this is a toaster oven going off. No problem. People eat <laughs> Most toast. of their big wins in the playoffs have kind of been blowouts, right? Like there's not been a lot in the way of like really tense finishes. I guess, you know, there were a couple sequences where like Bismack Biombo would throw down big dunks against the Cavs, and that was cool. There was Kyle Lowry's, you know, half-court heave in game what was it game one against the heat back in 2016 and that was amazing at the time and it had it elicited a very similar reaction from me at least i was like absolutely floored by that when that happened too but they ended up losing that game and it was in game one and they ended up winning the series anyway so it kind of has lost a bit of its luster um so yeah i don't even know if there's like a contender it really there's just, <laughs> just not i mean vince carter's i guess his miss you could argue was the biggest shot in franchise history for all the wrong reasons but that's gone now too and all that sort of you know sordid history is kind of wiped away and now uh, the Raptors are in Milwaukee right now to play the Bucks. Any, uh, what, what's kind of your first thoughts on the series? What are you expecting tonight? I mean, I, I haven't really had many thoughts on the series because I've been too busy like rolling in highlights of the of the shot for two days. Totally <laughs> and, like, fair. Totally I know it's fair. my job to like look <laughs> ahead to the series and prepare for it, but I just have a hard time like imagining another series happening right it's like almost like the Raptors have won the championship and it's like well what why do they have to play another series like what's (laughs) what's the good of that what good can come from it and look it's going to be a tough series the Bucks are really really good Giannis is Giannis I mean people at this point if you watch the NBA you know what he is he's a monster he's impossible to guard I don't know if the Raptors have anyone who's going to be able to do a passable job on him because no one really can and, you know, without OG Ananobi, it's going to be tricky, too. He would have been really important in this series uh, because he's done a pretty good job just sort of being strong and physical in front of Giannis throughout his career. So it's going to be tough. And, and I, I think, like, my brain wants to pick the Bucks in seven. My heart says, like, hey, that, like, that shot falling is some destiny stuff that, you know, maybe just means they're going to go and win this thing and go to the finals and win the whole thing. Like, it, it's, it's hard not to, like, make yourself think that because – if that shot shot can fall, like what else can happen, right? But um, I think it's going to be a really, really tough task. And the Bucks are deep. The Raptors can't afford to be rolling out a bench with one guy who's useful. And Fred VanVleet and Norm Powell, I think, have a better chance of being good in this series because there's not the sort of the the, the, the size that the, that the Sixers throw at you all the time. Ben Simmons is not out there being a 6'10 point guard and being a real sort of pain in everyone's butt. And, and just sort of taking up the breathing space for everybody. But, you know, it's still – those guys have not been good even in the Orlando series really in this postseason. So I uh, I think the Bucks are probably, you know, rightful favorites. But who knows, man. <laughs> I'm not ready to predict anything after that Sixers series. Who do you expect to, to guard uh, Giannis? Do you think that's going to be Pascal or do you think we'll see more uh, Kawhi on him? I think we'll see kind of a, a different sort of look. I think we'll see different guys throw on, thrown on him. I think we'll see some Gasol. I think we'll see a little bit of Ibaka. I think Siakam will be the main guy. And I don't know how much we'll see Kawhi outside of maybe a few possessions here and there because, like, it's – let me put it this way. I don't know if Kawhi is a good enough defender to really stop Giannis on his own. That's a really tough task, and Giannis is kind of unguardable. So my thinking is maybe have Kawhi sort of use that resource on – guarding Chris Middleton to cut off the second part of the offense, the second best player on the Bucks, who you actually have a, you know, a chance to slow down if you're Kawhi and you're not absolutely getting brutalized every possession because Giannis is so physical and just like overwhelming. So I think maybe you sort of just like try to do the LeBron thing where you have LeBron score all the points and then all the other everyone around him, you kind of cut off and, and guard straight up. Maybe you do something similar with Giannis because the shooters on that team are so dangerous and they've been so hot in these playoffs that maybe your best course of action is to just let Giannis score 40 on you every night and then hope that you can remain close on the other shooters and not send too much help. 
it's a tall task, man. It's much easier <laughs> said than done because, you know, Giannis can just brutalize you so, so like badly. But I think that's probably the way to go. So I, I think maybe like the odd possession here where you, where you need like a really, you know, crucial stop, you'll see Kawhi on him. But I don't think we'll see either of them guard each other that much in the series at all. You know, the, the Bucks like to use Giannis more as like a, a free safety. So I think he'll guard a lot of Siakam and or, or Gasol and kind of have him sort of, you know, come over and help when they need it to stop, to have someone stop Kawhi. Other than that, though, it's it's just going to be a lot of dudes, a lot of bodies the Raptors throw at Giannis, and then I guess they'll be hoping for the best. And obviously the Raptors, they have uh, a lot more experience than the Bucks. but do you think mm-hmm. that, that really makes a huge difference here? I mean, they're already, both teams are in the conference finals, and obviously the Bucks are very, very, very good. Yeah, I think it matters some. I mean, it's not like the Bucks have nobody who's been there. I mean... Brooke Lopez has played in some series. He was part of that 2014 series against the Raptors, so he's been through, you know, Game 7s or whatever. He's played the Heat in the playoffs. Um, you know, George Hill obviously has been thrown on the Raptors' side in the postseason before. He's been to some conference finals with those Pacers teams. So they have some experience. And, you know, it's not like the, the Bucks have never been in the playoffs before. They just never won a series before this season. Um, so I, I think it will matter a little bit. I more honestly worry about the Raptors being kind of old compared to the Bucks. You know, there's no days off really in this series. It's, it's every other day from the time it starts on, on Wednesday night to the time the series wraps. And I think the 27th is when Game 7 is supposed to be. So that's a short time frame for seven games potentially. And I, I don't know if, if the Raptors are going to be able to sort of – this is where the depth comes in, right? If the Raptors get eight guys or nine guys who can contribute, then great. And I think you can kind of get by playing your starters 38 minutes a game. If they have to play like 42, 43, they might wear down. And, you know, so the experience may be the thing that kind of comes back and haunts them because they are kind of a little more long in the tooth. How important do you think it's going to be for uh, Pascal to have a good series? He kind of had his moments during the Philly series uh, and the Magic series, but also had a, a bit of struggles. Do you think how, how important is he going to be? Yeah, I mean, he's going to be huge, right? He's the second best scorer on the team at this point, and it was really weird to watch him kind of get spooked by Joel Embiid, and I, I wasn't expecting that would be the case, but he very much was kind of in his head about it all. He had a ton of open threes that he refused to take, and he never quite got that sort of spin move off glass game that he typically kind of gets going against anybody else, uh, sort of on track against the against the Sixers. So I think we'll see him kind of have a bit more breathing room. I would imagine Giannis is going to guard him a lot, um, but again, Giannis might not be sort of have all of his attention, you know, put Pascal's way because he does t- kind of roam around and cause havoc all over the court. Um, but yeah, I think Pascal, like he has to have a big series. Everyone has to have a big series here. <laughs> Danny Green can't afford to miss a million threes. And, and, you know, Kyle Lowry can't afford bad shooting nights or at least like nights where he's not doing Kyle Lowry things. Marcus Gasol has to take shots. It's going to be, you know, a kind of a team effort here because of how good the Bucks are, how deep they are. Um, but Pascal, yeah, I think he's got to get back to his round one form if the Raptors want a chance here. And you, you kind of mentioned your, your prediction at the beginning there, but any, uh, any predictions for the series? Yeah, I'll say Bucks and seven because it's better to go in with low expectations and be, be surprised, <laughs> I suppose. Um, I, I think the Bucks, based on their, their regular season performance, they've been so, so good. Their metrics are through the roof, and it all suggests that they're very much a, a team that can win the title this season. And they have Giannis. They have a, sort of a deeper roster of guys they can throw out there. I'll say Bucks and seven, although I would not be surprised by anything. I think it's going to go at least six either way. Other than that, I think, you know, Raps and six, Raps and seven, Bucks and six, Bucks and seven. All four of those are pretty, you know, high on the list of, prob- of possibilities here. Well, it, uh, it should be a lot of fun, and I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me about it. Thanks so much, Phil. That was Sean Woodley, host of podcast Locked on Raptors. 
highly recommend checking that out for your daily Raptors content. And while you're there subscribing to that, make sure you rate and review Canada's Court. That's always appreciated. That's all for this episode of Canada's Court. Thanks for listening.